Hello, and welcome to the Philadelphia Society for People and Strategies Winter 2023 podcast series. This podcast is part of our growing digital library where we address critical workforce issues facing business today. This particular series is accompanied by a February 9th in-person event, as well as a subsequent small group virtual discussion. Visit our website at www.peopleandstrategy.org to register or learn more. Our conversation today focuses on the topic of managing the hybrid workforce. Let me introduce Stephanie Perry, Senior Vice President of Talent Management and Organization Development at Amerisource Bergen. Amerisource Bergen is a global pharmaceutical manufacturing and distribution company headquartered in Conshohocken, PA. Leading off the conversation, we have Kathleen Westlock, who recently served as the Chief People and Culture Officer for Pep Boys. Pep Boys is an American automotive aftermarket company headquartered in Philadelphia. Welcome to both of you. I will now turn the conversation over to Kathleen. Thanks, Mary, and hello, everyone. I'm really excited today to interview Stephanie and uh, talk more about the workforce of the future. You know, Stephanie, it's been a long three years through COVID. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to say it might be over, but it really has changed the way we work. And that's why I'm really interviewing you today. Uh, You and Amerisource Bergen have really taken a forefront view of how to manage through the new normal. And uh, that's why you're such a great participant for today. And we wanted to just kind of find out from the very beginning, how did you start your journey? Well, Kathleen, um, it's so nice to be here today and, and, with, and with everyone listening. Um, has it only been three years? It feels like it's been a really long time and so much has changed um, you know, over the pandemic and even, and even post-pandemic into the future. So when we started this back long ago in March of, of 2020 is actually when for our organization, we um, went out of the offices um, March 13th of 2020. And by the end of March, I had already pulled together a committee to think, how do we return? So our CHRO and leaders were, were very um, forward thinking that even during those two weeks, so much had changed. Not knowing what the future would hold, we pulled together a task force, thinking about um, how we would start operating differently, especially as a global organization. The pandemic was in different different stages around the world. And then taking through, even in that short time, some of the lessons learned um, over the two weeks. We were an organization that was in the office primarily five days a week. Um, very, you know, flexibility um, wasn't as flexible. As it is today, and put together um, through learnings over you know the year and a half, we expected to go back like everybody else sometime in 2021. Um, you know what that would look like, and took a very systematic approach um, to our workforce. What roles truly needed to be in the office? What roles needed to be flexible, and what roles can truly be remote? Basing that on data as well as employee satisfaction, took a very um, what I'll say intentional approach. Um, focus more on roles and what the responsibility of those roles, how can they continue to be productive and add to business results versus taking an individual personalized approach, mm-hmm. which sometimes mitigates, um, we wanted to mitigate bias along the way. And so with that provided a lot of clarity 
for us so then when we did return to the office that our employees and our leaders would be prepared uh, for what the future held. Great. You know, I love that you talked about within week two, you're already coming up with your what's your plan to get back. You know, I think it struck all of us that there was really no playbook. No one had the playbook. So we had to make it up as we went along. So once you had your schematic down uh, and your return to office, how did you get your leadership team aligned, not only with the schematic for now, but with the overall plan? You know, it, it, this was new to all of us, right? And, and, and new for the organization to be looking at human capital in a very different way. And so for our leadership team, um, we, we led with data. We were very data-driven from the start, looking at productivity numbers, looking at employee satisfaction. We did various surveys, as I'm sure most other organizations did, over the pandemic, um, really using text analytics to understand you know, what was working well and what wasn't, and then providing um, bi-weekly updates to our executive management team and our CEO. So our leadership team took a very um, strong interest in how our employees were feeling, were we still able to service customers? Were we able to continue with business continuity and drive results? Um, especially as a pharmaceutical distributor um, during COVID, um, you know, we were a, a vital source to be able to get therapies out, um, which is also taxing on, on the employee base when you're thinking about you know, individuals who were, were themselves experiencing COVID, um, stresses in their lives. And we would raise that all up um, to our executive management team, but really communication ensuring that everybody had clarity, um, clear on expectations on what we were trying to solve and what we were trying to present, um, relying back on that data when things started to shift, and ensuring that we had a common framework um, that we applied consistently um, across the organization when to wear a mask, when not to wear a mask, leaning in on the CDC, um, really using uh, clinical guidance versus emotion to guide a lot of our decisions. You know, Stephanie, so many companies have waffled on their plans. You you know, see them in the news every day, return to office. No, we, we're only kidding. No, don't come back. Only come back this way. It's waffling. And that really hurts employee morale more than anything. And it also shows a leadership team that is not aligned. How have you and your leadership team stayed aligned and, you know, really focused on your true north, which I think is embracing this new normal? Yeah, it, you know, it. What has worked for us is that we have doubled down on the employee voice. So we've put together a really robust listening strategy that our employees have um, opportunity to really help, you know, make these decisions with us. And so, you know, in addition to surveying, um, you know, we look at data insights, you know, what benefits are being used, um, you know, where we have opportunity to continue to improve. And then again, what's working well, really defining what the office is for, um, you know, thinking about collaboration, brainstorming, idea generation, also bringing in some of those social aspects, thinking about those moments that matter. And then providing clarity around expectations about, you know, what work should look like, right? And please, all of us still have an opportunity and a responsibility to do our jobs. And so not forgetting to lean in on all those fabulous talent processes that we had pre-pandemic and to pull those through, um, whether or not you're in a hybrid or a virtual environment. Um, we still have the core infrastructure to be able to um, ensure that our workforce is thriving 
as well as meeting business results along the way. You know, I look at this new environment as a privilege. You know, growing up in a strict, traditional nine to five environment, maybe a break, things like that, no flexibility. To me, it's a privilege. And I want to make sure that this quote unquote experiment is here to stay. So, Stephanie, one of the other questions I had for you is that, you know, no matter what the organization and what the work environment, people lead managers, not organizations. So how have you helped your leaders lead better in a hybrid environment and more importantly, globally, since your footprint is so large around the world? Yeah, thanks, Kathleen. I think you said it perfectly. You know, people leave managers and and over the past two years, leaders have had to really carry uh, a burden that they haven't had to carry before in the past, right? Balancing business results as well as their own emotional stress and that of their employees. And it's it's been a moment that where le- good leadership, it, it's pivotal, right? And it, it's essential um, to be able to carry, as you call this experiment, hopefully not an experiment and one that is going really well forward into the future. Um, Adaptability has been really important for our organization and for our leaders and providing our leaders the necessary tools and resources to be successful in the moment, right? Learning in the flow of work, making it easy for leaders to understand what's changing, what we need from them, what their employees are seeking. So a lot of informal communication, town halls, networking with peers, both internally and externally, providing those connections, um, putting together, you know, quick PDFs, iPhone videos, um, keeping leaders abreast of what's changing both internally within our organization, providing a preview on every communication that was coming so they could be prepared for the questions from their employees, as well as, again, bringing in some external experts. You know, we worked very closely with a medical advisor. We had a medical advisor on all of our town halls just to ensure that our leaders also understood some of the the clinical guidance that was coming out and they could make sense of it for their employees. And then continuing to provide, you know, dashboard and metrics, you know, visibility that they didn't have before into their workforce, right? And celebrating the successes. And so they could celebrate those successes with their team, being able to take advantage of um, talent differently, you know, filling positions more and recognizing that as really an opportunity um, where everybody gets to thrive together because now your team is fully staffed, um, but also taking advantage of different perspectives and backgrounds and experiences that really round out the team both domestically as well as globally. You know, you said something really interesting and quite profound, even in its simplicity. You said what you were looking for was success in the moment. So what you did was really kind of guerrilla tactics, right? You didn't wait for these glossies. You just got in there and started providing content and help. And uh, I love that you did that. And it seems like it was very well received by your employees. It was. We became, you know, as many employers did the source of truth at certain times to really provide some of the clarity through all the noise that was happening. And by providing an environment that felt that, that was safe, you know, establishing trust, um, being transparent, really helped employees understand some of our decisions, especially staying out long um, or going to this new hybrid model, but at the same time really equipped leaders um, to connect, to care, 
um, was a big push for us really leading in on empathy um, as well as enabling business continuity. We had two yeah. principles when we started, um, Kathleen, and I'll just share this, sure. team member safety and business continuity. And we never deviated from that framework. And I think the framework that we established early on and, and, and to keep this moving, the framework that you establish is really critical. So when this first started, uh, I was with another company in Philadelphia as well. This is, by the way, the third company that I've helped manage through COVID. So it's been, you know, a wild ride, right? And something that I'll never forget. But your CHRO and myself, amongst others, quickly formed a coalition of leading CHROs. And we were on the phone constantly with John Tui of uh, Salvis and Stetson kind of led us through. And we shared, it was like an open forum. We didn't need consultants. We didn't need people to tell us what to do. It was just such a great community and it lives on today. In fact, I believe there was a meeting over at your headquarters to show off your new headquarters a few weeks ago, and I'm sorry I missed it, but that group really will stay in my heart forever. So when I think about that, let me ask you this question. Maybe this is where we end is, what value do you think HR played during the pandemic and how do we keep that proverbial seat at the table? Well, Kathleen, that group that you were a part of um, helped influence our strategy. And, you know, one of the things I do hope we keep going forward as HR professionals is that connection. Everybody was willing to share best practices, what worked well, what wasn't working well, because we had one goal in mind, and that was to take care of people. And so when I think about HR's role through the pandemic, we truly emphasize the human in human resources, right? It, 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 we, we were the employee advocate. We were the balanced voice to leaders. We were using data and, and removing emotion out of a very emotional time um, in, our, in our corporate lives and our personal lives around the globe. And HR really became the strategic partner around the talent strategy. Talent strategy um, was the utmost important. How not only do you keep people safe, how do you keep them engaged, but how do you leverage your people to grow and develop your company through time of crisis and beyond? And so, you know, the group that you were a part of, Kathleen, I, I think the one thing coming out of this, I hope that type of knowledge sharing continues with all of us. Um, because then when we think about the challenges that we're facing as an organization, especially with some impending recessions or who knows what's going to happen in the market, um, but most importantly, the people stay top of mind. And I think together we can, we can really impact the people in our communities. Super. Well, Stephanie, listen, I've enjoyed talking to you. I know we only have a short period of time together. This is a teaser for the meeting on February 9th. And I know Mary will be joining us and she's going to be hosting the meeting. And I'm super excited to see everyone in person at this February 9th meeting where we will talk about this in much more detail uh, and with more feedback from the audience. So thank you, Stephanie. Mary, thank you, Kathleen. You. Very exciting. Thank you, Stephanie and Kathleen. And thank you to our listeners. Don't forget to register for our February 9th event entitled 2023 Critical People Priorities. Visit www.peopleandstrategy.org to register or learn more. At the event, Kathleen will join a panel of, of other workforce strategists as we expand the conversation with you.